Welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Management Decisions, where we discuss topics related to human resources, hiring, and of course, management. Today, we're discussing Disney's hit movie, Frozen, and how managers can take away some valuable hiring lessons from the film. Joining me today is Jaz Singh. Jaz is the director of IOPA Solutions, which is a recruitment and hiring consultancy based in London. He's also the author of the article, What Frozen Teaches Us About Hiring. Thanks for joining me today, Jaz. Sure, no problem. It's a pleasure. So today we're talking about the movie Frozen and how we can apply the lessons from the movie to the hiring process. For listeners who maybe are unfamiliar with this, maybe they've been hiding in a cave for the last year, could you explain the basic premise of the movie Frozen? Yeah, sure, Jenna, no problem. Although, I have to be honest, I wouldn't want to give away too much Mm -hmm. because I do think it's a movie that everyone should really see. But the basic story is about two sisters, um, Elsa and Anna, who who basically they're princesses and they grow up in the fairy tale land of Arendelle. So um, you know, everything's going really great. They're having lots of fun uh, until one day the older sister, Elsa, she discovers that she has magical powers that, that can be useful, but also they can be dangerous. So basically the story is about herself. She basically isolates herself from Anna and from everyone else in the kingdom until one day she grows up and basically it all becomes known to, to everyone. So the story is essentially about Elsa running away from home, running away from her kingdom and her family, and about Anna going after her to bring her back. But obviously, uh, being a Disney film, there's a, a lot of other twists and turns along the way. Right. So even though this is a children's movie, it actually can teach us a lot of important lessons about hiring and choosing candidates. I wanted to go through some of the points that you had made in your article, What Frozen Teaches Us About Hiring. And the first one that you had mentioned was that you don't want to fall in love with candidates too quickly during the hiring process. How would you say that this was illustrated in the movie? Well, I would say um, across various points and various points in the movie, it probably comes across. However, the best example is probably when Princess Anna meets Prince Hans for the first time. Mm -hmm. So so Prince Hans, he's a handsome young prince from another kingdom. You know, these kind of come across really well. They like each other. And basically, it's love at first sight. And very, very quickly, they even decide to get married. Later on in the movie, she she discovers she definitely made the wrong choice. So that's probably the best example of, you know, falling in love too quickly. So how can we apply this to the hiring situation? Why would you say that hiring managers sometimes make that mistake of falling in love with a candidate too quickly in the process? So to be honest, Jenna, it's human nature, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that all of us are naturally accustomed to doing, you know, making judgments too quickly. Believe it or not, there's actually even an exact science to it. It's something that psychologists call anchoring. And it's basically where our brains, we're, we're programmed to really heavily rely on the first piece of information that we receive. And then, you know, in following assessments, what we tend to do is simply support this information to make decisions. Mm. And often this leads to kind of inaccurate and often totally wrong decisions. So something we really need to be aware of, this bias of kind of forming impressions, either negative or positive, you know, too quickly, kind of automatic. Yeah, and I know it's probably hard for a lot of hiring managers. I've read statistics about, you know, in the first 30 seconds or a minute or so, you kind of automatically form your opinion of that candidate. But 
as you say, it's important to kind of delve more deeply and make sure that you know them well. Exactly. And I think, you know, the only way to kind of overcome this bias or, you know, kind of any negative emotion or habit is you, know, you can only do that by developing to and sticking to a good plan, right? Okay. So, you know, hiring managers, they, they really need to make sure that they that they design an accurate plan and, and more importantly, they actually decide to stick to it. So, you know, they decide to make sure that they gather all the re- relevant information beforehand before they go about making a decision. That's the only way you can do it accurately. Right. For hiring managers who want to make sure that they are avoiding the bias, they can develop this plan ahead of time. What would be some of the relevant information that you would say they should have as far as how their plan is? There's lots of different factors to it. To be honest, it's something that as us, the hiring specialists, we work with our clients on a kind of day-to-day basis to build that. It's not something that you can kind of do easily. You really need to delve deep. But I'll give you an example. I think one of the most important things is actually clarifying right before you've done anything, what exactly is the outcome of the hire, right? What is the single most important thing that you're expecting this person to achieve? With most of us, we're only really good at one or two things. Mm-hmm. And so that's really important. Because what often happens is, I don't know, say, for example, you're hiring a salesperson and you work with, you know, you develop a, a plan that, you know, this person, we're really hoping this person's going to achieve, I don't know, let's say $100,000 worth of sales in the first 12 months. It's really important that you clarify that and you stick to it because what can happen is you might find somebody who has that, but all of a sudden, you know, you may think, well, maybe that person hasn't got enough experience or maybe that person doesn't have enough knowledge of that industry. So it's very, that's one example of where you really need to define something and stick to it. So then the next lesson that I wanted to talk about was that the people who can often help you the most are sitting right next to you. How would you say that this lesson was demonstrated in Frozen? You know, again, you probably need to watch the whole movie, but it's mm-hmm. probably the best example in summary. Throughout the entire movie, and um, Princess Alpha, so she's the kind of you know, she's the more powerful, the more serious character, the one with kind of magic powers, if you like. And um, Princess Anna, she's you know she's the younger of the two. She's you know, in truth a bit clumsy, a bit insecure, and so you imagine the whole movie is you know, the more powerful character is going to come through at the end of the day. And she's looking for this person who can really help her. And she kind of even leaves home to do that. But in the end, it's actually her own little sister, Anna, who shows Alpha, you know, how, what the secret is to kind of managing her, you know, at times uncontrollable powers. So how would you say that we could apply this to hiring then? We can apply quite a lot to hiring, um, depending on the situation. Because what I found over the last kind of 10 years working with various different hiring managers, some of them are very well known, is that a lot of hiring managers, but they're continuously looking for, if you like, the next big hire in inverted commas who's, who's kind of going to come along and save the day. Uh, when often the person that they really need the most has been sitting right next to them all along. In truth, actually, often leaders, you know, they, they make multiple hires, they don't work out, and they kind of almost give up and think, that, you know, we're never going to be able to hire well. And they end up giving the responsibility to someone internally. And the next thing you know, he's, he's gone on to become the next top performer in the, in the company. So, you know, that's a good example of that since that situation can turn out to be a really helpful thing for your company, why do you think that managers are sometimes hesitant to hire internally? I don't necessarily think that they're all hesitant. Mm -hmm. I think it's more a case of kind of being inflexible based on the type of personality they are. And what I mean by that is that what I found is that usually hiring managers, there's two types, right? There's either the ones that promote internally too heavily, mm-hmm. or there's the other type who basically go external and look for you know, hiring externally perhaps too much. Uh, and one of the problems of, of this and you know, both approaches, if you like, is that 
they're seen as two different processes. And what we kind of teach our clients is that for every single hire, almost every single hire, you really need to assess both internal and external candidates. But more importantly, you've got to also uh, assess them alongside each other rather than kind of looking at them as two separate groups or two different different processes. And in fact, it's it's basically the only way we've found that you can get the best results. Because um, at the end of the day, you're kind of dealing with people, right? You need to kind of be as balanced as possible. And is is it good, you would say, just because of the variety of people that you're getting? Um, I think it's good for variety. I think it's mm-hmm. also good, just as I said, for balance, right? Because okay. in, internal candidates are always going to offer other things. You know, they're going to know your business better. They're going to probably know the, the vision of the company better. But external guys, you know, they, they sometimes have fresh perspective or, or extra skills and knowledge that you don't have internally. So the only way you can be sure that you've done the right thing is to assess them alongside each other and, and all, obviously the other thing as well internally it sets the right message as well right to say that every single time we're looking for people you know it's going to be a fair opportunity for everyone so then the third point you had brought up in your article was that nearly all weaknesses can be converted into strengths how did this play out in the movie i'd say that it applies to a lot of the characters but again Probably the best example is Princess Anna, mm-hmm. and she's a, she's the younger of the two princesses. So she is someone who definitely, you could say, lacks confidence at the beginning of the movie. And I suppose traditionally that can be seen as, as a bit of a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I suppose because of this lack of confidence, she realizes very, very early on in the, in the movie that she needs to learn to ask others for help. And so she enlists the help of various different people, um, such as Christoph and Olaf throughout the movie. And so I suppose what some may call a weakness in lack of self-confidence, uh, and others might see as resourcefulness, right, which, hmm. which is a strength. So then what are some traditional weaknesses that we might see in employees during the hiring process or candidates, the weaknesses in the candidates? And how can those actually be strengths? You know, I, I get asked that question probably like, five times a week, you know, because <laughs> it's something that's kind of, you know, I, I write a lot about it. But honestly, it's my experience. I firmly believe that, you know, virtually any weakness, virtually any weakness can be used in a positive way. So the list is pretty much endless. Um, and I found that other than really, really negative behavior, which is you know, really extremely rare to find, everybody does something for a reason. So as a hiring manager, you really need to find out what drives people to act and use that motivation in a more positive way. So um, let me give you an example. Often people might describe others in a team or others in a company as disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they may always, for example, question management orders or they may refuse to follow the rule book or they may have their own kind of disruptive ideas, if you like. But a lot of research has shown that these types of disruptive personalities, what they're really trying to do is kind of drive new ideas Mm-hmm. And they actually make great innovators. So a lot of the a lot of the successful hiring managers that I've worked with over the years, they often employ these kind of types of people, you know, some people may call it disruptive, and they let them work independently on, you know, new ideas, new initiatives, that kind of thing. And often these guys are the, the people who really come up with kind of game changing ideas for either the company or for the for, for, for the individual themselves. So I suppose it's all about figuring out what motivates uh, the person to act in that way mm-hmm. and then finding the right role for them. Right. Yeah, I think that's some great advice, especially for our hiring managers who might be listening now. And then the fourth point that I wanted to cover from the article 
was that team players often outperform those who might be considered to be much more talented. Could you get an example of how this played out in Frozen? I think the, the best example is probably centered around the, you, you may want to call her the main character, right? Like mm-hmm. That's Queen Elsa. So yeah, throughout the whole movie, she is the only person with kind of magical power, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, despite that, you know, first she, she, she manages to get captured by Prince Hans and his team. Uh, and, and even uh, when she's finally saved at the end, it's by, you know, Princess Anna and the rest of her team. So I think it's a great example of, you know, you can have all the, you know, in this case, even magical powers in the world, but nothing beats teamwork. And then how can hiring managers keep that in mind when they're looking for that right person to hire? It's massive, right? Because mm-hmm. nowadays, nearly all the studies prove uh, meaning the leading institutions like Harvard University, there's a lot of studies coming out that prove that team players and consequently teams nearly always outperform individuals. Mm-hmm. And the reason that is, is obvious, right? By working together, you, you get to use the skills, the experience, the knowledge, and the problem-solving ability of other people. And by working on your own, you can just never have that same kind of threat. And I'd imagine a lot of candidates will probably bring up that phrase team player or work well on a team. As a hiring manager, how can you kind of decipher which candidates really will be the good team players and which ones maybe would be better as independent workers? There's effectively two ways of doing it. First way of doing it is actually by involving other members of your team, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of team play is comes through natural chemistry. Mm-hmm. So hiring managers can definitely cover it from their own side by making sure they involve you know, multiple team members throughout the process you know, and genuinely involved in the decision-making process, not with kind of box ticking at the end. That's the first way. And then the second way is perhaps through references. So strong team players generally always have lots and lots of people that they're able to, to use as references and, and use them in a more deeper manner as well. So rather than just, you know, having a call with somebody that they know they may have worked with, what we found is that the top team players, they're really able to get people to almost write testimonials for them Mm-hmm. meet the hiring manager in person just as a kind of endorsement and only a strong team player can you know can do that right so then the final point from your article was that a sense of humor goes a long way of course being a disney movie and a children's movie frozen has incorporates a lot of humor why would you say that humor is important in the movie you're totally right you kind of half answered the question right because mm-hmm. i suppose like disney movies and um, all movies especially disney movies is meant to entertain people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's nothing like making someone feel better, I suppose, than, than making them laugh. Although the movie's pretty dramatic and I'd say even dark at times, all the characters have a funny side to them, which means that it's kind of fun and enjoyable throughout the movie. And why would you say that humor is also important during the hiring process? I suppose it's like anything in life. You know, you can only be really great at something if you learn to love it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like you get the best sportsmen who kind of enjoy the drama and the pressure of a last-minute play, it's been my experience that the best hiring managers, they really kind of learn to love the hiring process. So, you know, traditionally, um, the hiring process, it seems quite a serious and formal affair, right? But by enjoying it more, you'll get better results. So what we, what we often say to our clients is, look, you know, try and enjoy it. Don't be afraid to use humor and, you know, try and have some fun. And I would imagine you maybe get to see a little more real side of the candidates as well if you're incorporating humor in the process. Absolutely, exactly. You get a chance to connect with them in, in a way that, you know, perhaps you wouldn't do if it's just formal and, and over a kind of boardroom table. 
Well, I think you've given us a lot of very helpful insight today, uh, especially for hiring managers who are looking for new candidates or maybe rethinking their process as far as hiring goes. I wanted to give you the floor at the end here just to give our listeners any final insights or maybe a final word of advice that you would like to give on this topic of Frozen and how it can relate to the hiring process. Yeah, sure. I mean, I suppose what I just want to say is that I hope it's given anyone who's listening some inspiration, I suppose, to take some action to increase their hiring power, their personal hiring power. As a company and as an individual, it's something that we believe is the kind of most important skill that any leader can develop. So, you know, I hope it's made people think. I hope it's inspired them to go out there, develop their own personal hiring power and use it as a personal tool for success. And with that final bit of advice, we will wrap up the show. You've been listening to Management Decisions with our guest, Jaws Singh. Thanks for sharing your insight with me today, Jaws. It was great, Jenna. It was an absolute pleasure. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or reach out to us on Twitter under at the LJN. Once again, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.